You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I'm being killed financially. This money is because they hate my guts. You all, Republicans are terrified. Down ballot races and local elections are looking real bad for them. And that's what happens when you vow full allegiance to the Orange Cheeto. There are so many winnable races across the country and a chance to paint this country blue with what the majority of Americans actually want. Progressive democratic ideas. I'm very concerned. You should be, Susan, because there are already over one million votes cast in this country, whereas in 2016, there were only 10,000 at this point. The people are pissed and they're fighting back with their vote. So today, we look to the down-ballot races and local elections and what you can do to change the political makeup of this country from the halls of the Senate to the hallways of your own town halls. A few months back, I had a thought. Well, more than a thought. The beginnings of a plan. What if the theater community and theater people alike came together and used what they inherently have within them? that activist voice. And what if we use that voice and those powers to keep the House, take the Senate, and win back the presidency this fall? And what if I put together a limited series where every other week we give you an action plan and an artist slash activist to inspire you to go out and get to work? Well, let's do it. I'm Eric Ulloa, and this is Do You Hear the People Sing? A theater person's guide to saving democracy. And if you're here to reelect Donald Trump, you're in the wrong fucking place. So we're going to go local today and stress the importance of why these races, in many cases, matter more than the presidential one. And I have just the person to join me. Today, I have a very special guest who is not only beloved in our theater community, but pretty much across the board in, well, all of New York City. Let's be honest. This guest is also my first guest who is currently running for office. They are the definition of caring, whether it's leading the charge for change or even just a simple daily reminder to take care of one another. Please welcome my dear friend, candidate for New York City Council District 7, Marty Gold Cummings. Bim, 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 bim. Hi. <laughs> Hi. That, that, I think you just win the best way to enter a pod. <laughs> I'm so excited to be with you. I just got back from a protest and I am chugging coffee. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, you are nonstop these days. Um, I, I want an ounce of your energy. My God. Oh, my um, gosh. Well, I, I feel so silly. I, I 
was leaving the protest. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get back for this podcast, but I had to do some emails first. Oh my gosh, I gotta go. I gotta go. And I was like writing an email and got on the wrong train and ended up like deep into Brooklyn. And I'm like, oh God. So here we are. <laughs> you, you made it. You made it. it so now, 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 Marty, now I, I look in all in full discretion to the audience, you know, Marty's a friend of mine. I have written copy for, uh, you know, campaign emails of Marty's. So I, I am, I am, I know about your campaign, but I I want to have our listeners know about it. So I want to start off by why are you running and, and what is New York City Council and what is District 7? Uh, so, okay, so <laughs> City Council is the legislative um, governing body in New York. Um, uh, different cities call it different things. Like for some cities, it's an alderman position. In New York, we are a city council. It's a 51-member body. Um, and, and the city council, um, works on the budget, which we famously saw this last June, um, uh, with the defunding the police that did not go the way, um, a lot of us would have liked. Um, we do discretionary funding, participatory budgeting for our districts. Um, and because it's a city of 9 million people with a 51 member council, uh, and a budget of 90 billion plus dollars, the New York City Council is pretty um, powerful in terms of of uh, things that they can get done. A lot of times we uh, the council works very closely with our counterparts in Albany to get legislation passed because the way New York City is set up, there's a lot of things that, that Albany um, controls in the city, for example, the MTA. Uh, so... It's, it's exciting, and District 7 is 96th Street to 165th Street on the west side. Um, it's a really expansive, diverse neighborhood, and I'm super excited to um, be running to represent it. I always love when people that I know are not only good people, but also people that will be effective in government are elected. But then when we can add that cherry on top of a little bit of history being made, that's always real exciting. So, <laughs> Marty, what history will be made if you are elected? Uh, well, it's kind of exciting. I would be the, not only the first, um, drag artist elected in the state of New York, but the first non-binary person, um, elected to this position. Um, and I believe the first non-binary person elected in the state of New York as well. That is incredible. That's incredible. And, you know, and, and it stems from, you know, I think a lot of people forget that, uh, you know, you say it so well in your shows, and it's the truth of it. If anybody knows the history of drag, drag is what political. <laughs> That's very drag true. is always it drags a protest. You know, drag is 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 that. Tell us a little more about that, about the history of that, and why that why that kind of draws you in that aspect of it. Well, drag is political. the The act of doing drag in itself is a political act. You're going against the patriarchy, the system that has put been put in place in our society by putting on any form of drag. And so even if you're not a political drag artist, you are participate, participating in political action just by doing drag. Um, drag is always at the forefront of um, political movements, um, along with our, our Black and Latinx trans community who paved the way for queer liberation. Um, and, and I'm, I'm super excited to, um, be a drag artist running. And a lot of people say, well, how has drag prepared you for this role? What makes you qualified? Well, I'm a gig worker who knows what it's like to struggle living paycheck to paycheck in, in a city that's 
increasingly for the wealthy and not yep. the working class and and poor. Uh, the income divides in the city are insane. The wealth gap is insane. And as a gig worker who doesn't have health insurance, who who you know doesn't have that you know cushion of a big corporate job, you know I I I, I get those struggles and. Drag artists, our roles in the community are to be community organizers and to bring people together. And and so we're bringing that into politics. Yeah, no, I think people people often forget, you know, they always, they love pointing a finger, especially our friends on the Republican side, at artists and actors and, and, and people in the entertainment industry and, you know, saying that like, you know, how can we possibly compare to the average, average American and how can we possibly get it? Well, you know, our jobs are, like you said, we are gig workers. We have, there is no guarantee of income for the mass majority of us. Uh, it is gig to gig, moment to moment, show to show, uh, stage to stage. You know, and if anybody understands it, it is the people in the entertainment industry who know what it's like. You know, uh, there's not a, there's not a, a contract laid out for life there. Yeah, and I, I think it's so silly when people like talk down to gig workers because it's the same thing when like people are like, Oh, AOC, go make me a drink. You're a bartender. Well, bartending is a really hard job yeah, and it's a really demanding job and it's uh, a great job to have. And when people talk down, it's like, that is so like you go to restaurants, you go to establishments, you go to the theater, you go to concerts, you go to these things. So why are you going to talk down to people like that? You know, who it's just, it's so it's, it's fucked up. Yeah, no, that that is the correct word. It is fucked up. And I think that, you know, the biggest problem I say, I think, I know the biggest problem we have is that we have, you know, so many uh, business executives and Wall Street executives in our government. And that is the issue we have at hand, too, that we don't have people that understand the fragility of paycheck to paycheck, the idea of what it is to be a bartender or a gig worker or a waiter and knowing that that it is not guaranteed that everything can change in an instant and that it's really hard work that involves, you know, a day to day struggle. And I think more people like that. I love seeing people like you running and people like AOC, you know, now in the in the U.S. Uh, House, because those are the people who actually understand the American people because they've been in the freaking shoes that everybody else is in. Yeah, we need people in government who are real people, you know, yeah. uh, not just super rich folks. We need people who can um, have the experience of being a working person now marty when did the the flame of activism spark in you and make you stand up and go there's more to be done here and i want to take that and i, mean, I think it. like a lot of people 2016 was a big wake-up call and myself and others were very oh i live in new york everything's fine we're all good okay i'm gonna go like you know march for this in washington or whatever but i live in new york so i'm okay and that's ignorant and miseducated. And, and I think it's, so I think in 2016, it was a big wake up call to be like, Oh my gosh, democracy is so fragile. Every single vote matters and every single vote makes a difference. And just because something might not affect you doesn't mean it's not going to impact or affect someone else. So it's selfish to think that way. And so we have to 
always protest, always go to marches, always go to every single election, whether it's a special election or a primary election or an off-year election or whatever. And so I think 2016 was a big wake-up call. And and I thought, okay, I have this platform where thousands of people are kind of like following what I'm doing because of drag. It's so selfish to use it just to promote <laughs> drag, as awesome as drag is. Uh, you know, the universe is giving me this opportunity so as I get educated on the issues, I need to take that information and in turn educate my followers on those issues as well. And I need to show up and listen and learn and ask questions and, and, and then pass that on. And so that, you know, led to now running for office. Um, but I think it's about learning and, and showing up and listening. I mean, and not just running for office. I mean, you, you showed up to the United Nations in drag, which I think is so uh, incredible. I forgot about that. that is, oh my God. When I saw that, I thought, twice. yes, you know, it's twice. not <laughs> twice, twice. I mean, like that to me is so incredible because, you know, th- that makes a statement that it's not, I think a lot of drag artists, you know, if someone was saying I- I'm a, I'm a drag queen as well, and I'm running for office. Um, I think they, the, the tendency to be to, to start to uh, lose that side of it and, and, and show up to events and things as Marty and not in drag, just Marty, you know, exactly. and, and, and that's an extension of who I am. It was like yes. a no brainer for me when I was invited to this thing. My friend Fabrice, who used to work at the UN, um, he's amazing. He said, Oh, we're putting together this panel, the first ever panel on non-binary and gender non-conforming issues around the globe. Would you like to attend? I said, yeah, absolutely. And the thing that was so crazy to me was the U S um, refused to be a sponsor of this panel. And that really struck a chord with me. Cause I was like, wow, we're supposed to be a country that promotes freedom for all. Yeah. And w- you and I know that the reality is this country is not a free country for everyone. We still no. have, um, modern day slavery through the form of, uh, uh, our prison system yeah. and our school to prison pipeline system that's put in place. And, and so our country is fucked up in a lot of ways and we need to make it better. And the way to do that is protesting and getting fired up and voting. But, you know, I was, I, when I was there, I, I asked a question about the U S and how they treat trans people, transgender people. And, and then because of asking that question and being in drag, I was then invited uh, Fabrice and a couple people from the Human Rights Department of the UN asked if I wanted to put together a panel on queer electability around the globe. And so I put together a panel with a bunch of uh, queer activists and, and moderated and led a panel at the UN, which was like the weirdest, strangest, coolest, most surreal thing ever, knowing that like only, you know, 30 or 40 something countries out of the whole UN would be accepting of me even being in that building and the rest would be against it. And some would even jail me or kill me just for showing up dressed the way I was. I think that's why I was so taken aback when I saw the, the, that, that the photos of you there and everything in the video is so powerful because of just that. Like, you know, we have the opportunity as a nation, especially here in New York city in the way that we you know we live in this, uh, you know, we have our problems. Like I'm not, I'm not denying that, but I always call our city a, a kind of gorgeous utopia because despite the issues we have, we make it work here. Somehow we somehow people have a respect for one another 
And I always think you get on the subway and you don't know who you're sitting next to. You know, there are there are the wealthiest next to the poorest. There are black, brown, every 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 color of the rainbow, everything around you constantly. And we all somehow make this work. Um, and here we are at the UN in this utopia that we call New York. Mm-hmm. And and we are projecting to the world, you know, uh, that that, you know, this exists and we not only does it exist, but we respect it. And it is it is just as valuable as anyone else, and and their opinions are just as valuable as anybody else's opinion. And I think that's so powerful, especially the countries like you said that would jail or kill you. Uh, yeah. That's just incredible. Um, so now I want to move a little further now. And what I witnessed a lot, you know, I I got to see you front and center during uh, at the height uh, of the protests, you know, early this summer after the horrific murder of George Floyd. Um, you know, I saw you right there on the field every time I went out protesting and marching. And even the times where I was home, like taking care of my poor protested out feet, uh, I would go on Twitter and you were still out there. And in fact, you had uh, you you were you were attacked by police and 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 had a concussion and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, which was really scary. But I. I it was really scary. Um the police in this city are militarized and radicalized and they are out of control and they're being emboldened by not only the white house, but the mayor and commissioner Shea and the PBA who refuse to hold them accountable and allow them to continue to act out. You know, the protest I was just at right before this call, I left early so I could come get on this call and they, I got a text from somebody right before I signed on to talk to you. That was like, Oh my God, are you okay? They're arresting people. Um, and it was like the most peaceful demonstration ever this morning. So I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And yeah, I got a concussion. I got some nerve like shit that happened in my arm and wrist and and shoulder. Uh, And I was in jail for 12 hours and that sucks. And it was uncomfortable and it was a horrible experience. But the reality is like, I got to go home the next morning, 12 hours later to my husband and to our dogs. And I was alive and safe. And the reason we're marching is because it seems like almost every day we hear of another, uh, person, um, another black person, another human being, another life being killed by the police. And there's no repercussions. The police continue to do it because there's no repercussions. There's there. We just thought with Breonna Taylor where there, there's no repercussions. The cops are still there working. Uh, so yeah, it fucking sucks. I was arrested, but I got yeah. to go home. How many yeah. people haven't gone home because of police violence and, no, and systemic racism? Yeah, no, 100%. And that, that, you know, that steers me to, you know, a question I think we both know, but I want, I want our audiences to really tap into. And what this episode is all about um, is that, you know, now we have been out there, we have marched, we have protested, we continue to do that. But we know that the, that the real power lies in the ballot box and, 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 and what we show up to and show up for to make that change. That is our single greatest action and voice is our vote. Now, we get so caught up especially with the idiot in the Oval Office with all the stuff going on daily in the presidential election. And, you know, I I like to remind people all the time that, yes, that's important, but the most important is our local elections. Now, can you explain for us all, why do local elections matter so much and how are they truly the the, the place where the most change can happen for all of this? Well, local elections matter because, you know, it's your day-to-day 
um, life, your day-to-day living things that happen, you know? So, so it's like we talked about with the budget, you know, like the, uh, you know, we, we talk about defending the police a lot, but I'll, I'll use a, a simpler example of, um, the sanitation and parks department had, um, millions of dollars, um, taken out of the budget. So during COVID, not only did they, because of the pandemic, um, decrease the, the amount of trash pickups each week and they eliminated, uh, street cleaning during the height of the pandemic. They also slashed the budget. So trash was building up all over the city and, and it was (laughs) awful. No, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was, it was awful. Um, so it's things like that, you know, like local elections make a difference in that. Our school system in New York City is one of the most segregated school systems in the entire country. In 2020, we have a segregated school system. There were so many kids who didn't have access to uh, tablets or Wi-Fi during homeschool learning. So they weren't granted the same education as other kids. Uh this is why local elections matter because these things can change through local elections. The city council last year voted for $9 billion for new jails. That $9 billion could be used for mental health services, social work, uh, housing justice, um, the parks department, you know, like the, <laughs> the list goes on and on on what $9 billion could be used for. That's why local elections matter. Now, what, Let's talk to someone who, like you, is feeling the stirrings of a call. It's 2020 and they're like, oh, I, 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 local elections do matter and I should get myself out there and I think I have the skills to do this. Talk to someone about why they should run for something in their community, for some uh, elected position and assuage any fears they may have about jumping into the mix. Um. Running for office is super fucking scary and overwhelming and intimidating and it's a lot of work and you're going to learn a lot and battle a lot and not sleep a lot, but it's so worth it. Uh, And my goal is to win this election, but if I don't, the work doesn't stop. There's still work to do. You should never be running because it's like a job title or a stepping stone to something else. You should be running to be of service to others. And if you feel a true sense of calling to being of service of others, then put in work in the community and help other people. And then if you feel that the best way to be of service is to run for office, then do that. And don't let anyone tell you not to, or that you're not capable of it because every person should be given the opportunity to be involved in our political system and uh take the leap super fucking scary but take the leap as someone who's always you know wanted to and thought about it i was like oh and it is you're right it is the idea of a leap is terrifying because you put yourself out there you open yourself up to everyone finding out everything or anything about you and but you're right the you know i imagine that the 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 rewards of the fact that you get to help your community and 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 steer it towards a better are worth, you know, all those unslept hours. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there's also there's also a deep amount of I call it activism and just getting involved in your community and being uh, of help to it or 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 a voice for it without being in elected office. An example that I give is, you know, I, I came over to your apartment one night and we both sat there and made what, like 60, 70 sandwiches for the homeless. Oh yeah, that was um, so fun. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> oh, you could, no, thank you for having me. My gosh. Uh, but we just, you know, it was a matter of like, everyone had taken to Facebook and everything else complaining about, oh, the homeless in New York. Oh God, there's so many, uh, you know, and, 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 and the, the simple gesture of, well, instead of complaining, maybe, maybe feed them, maybe yeah, go give them some maybe food and help, help them out. People. What is talk to me about the simple activism of just getting involved in your community and 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 how one can do that in various aspects that don't involve elected office? Well, any, anybody can be involved um, in their community. You know what what you came over for. My friend Carlin and I started um, back in March, just on the subway, handing out um, food to people on the subway, and then. Uh, when it got warmer out, we realized people were not on the subways anymore. They were on the streets. And so what went from two people with two backpacks went to became something that has three red wagons and three like little grandma carts. And every Wednesday we go out on the street and, and hand out food and supplies and stuff, you know? So, you know, you can get involved in the community just by doing simple things like that, you know, just buying a water for someone that you see on the street, you know, it's, um, yeah, I think there's so many ways to get involved. You can, not just through politics or organizations that are already established, but just you and your friends and your neighbors just getting together and doing stuff for the community. I, I, I started doing trash cleaners in the neighborhood. Get your, get, get like, five neighbors and yourself with some garbage bags and gloves and go pick up some trash on the street. Yeah, no, that, that's, ex that's exactly what I'm seeing here. And, you know, the, we have, you know, things like Fox news and stuff with their anarchist jurisdiction huh. bullshit. And they're talking about how New York city is dead and everyone's fleeing. And like, they're I, like, so silly. I, for, they're so silly. For everyone that's listening that doesn't live in New York City, like, let me tell you, like, New York City is so far from dead right now. It's actually magically alive right now. It is very alive and very beautiful and very vibrant. It's very. I don't think I've seen the city this vibrant in a long time because everybody's out just kind of celebrating, knowing what we just went through and we're still going through. But also the fact that people are getting involved in, like you said, simple things. I see people with trash bags and just just cleaning up their streets themselves because of the fact that you know our local government you know has not, as you said, slashed the budget and 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 left things a bit of a, a mess. And yeah, our, our mayor. I don't think there's enough time on this podcast to go into our mayor right now. A fucking dumbass. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's the short of it. Which is why local elections matter because you, you know, I, I uh, it's definitely one of those votes that I go, Ooh, if I could take back that vote. Yeah, um, dumbass. um, now what is a mistake that I, and I think many of us made after the election of Barack Obama is we thought we were cool. We're like, we got Obama. We're good. We won that. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Catch you in 2012. You know, and I know my, I, I'll admit it. I was, I did not stay involved beyond the election in my local uh politics and in my state's politics and in even some national politics that weren't the presidency. What is the importance of staying involved beyond the election? And, and how do people uh, allow their voice to be heard? Uh, you can even stick to here in New York so we can keep it local. I mean, the way to stay involved in politics is 
by by doing exactly what people are are doing, going to protest about the eviction moratorium and canceling rent during the pandemic, going to protest for Black Lives Matter and Black trans lives, going to get groceries for your your neighbor who's a senior and can't go to the grocery store because of a compromised immune system. You know, these are ways to stay involved in politics past the election. Finding out who are the candidates running for city and state office and volunteering for them, phone banking for them, writing postcards for them, um, joining your community board or just attending the community board uh, meetings and raising concerns. There's so many different ways to get involved. Um, mutual aid groups. Um and there, there are so many different levels of political involvement for that you can do because everybody's comfort level is different and everybody's bandwidth is different as well. So do what you have time for and what you're comfortable with. You know, I, I understand that, you know, if you're looking to donate, you know, at this point now, like, I mean, I'm not saying not to donate towards the presidential election because God knows, you know, they need all they have. But. They're making some good money up there right now. I mean, what was it? The other day, Joe Biden made, what, $31 million in one day? They were saying right after the debate uh, for the campaign, which is just incredible. But, you know, people forget that uh, also to donate to their local elections because that money goes a long way locally, a long oh, way. Oh, yeah. Well, in New York, donating to a city council candidate, uh, it's matched um, eight to one up to $175. Can you, can you explain that by, by, by match? What do you mean? So matching is, so say you donate, um, here, let me look it up so I get like the numbers correct, but it's match eight to one. So if you go and you donate to a council candidate, say you give $10, that's $90. You give $25, that's $225. $100 is $900. That's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly things like that right there, you know, things like that there. And, and even like, um, you know, holding events, you know, even like, uh, or now virtually, but events and things for your local candidates to help them out. And in the name of the candidate, you know, go a long way when they're local, you know, and a lot of times you can get a representative for the campaign to actually maybe make an appearance or, or speak at it, or, you know, tell you more about the candidate themselves, if not the candidate themselves, a lot of times, depending on the events. Um, now I want to leave you the last word, Marty. And I am a, I am a, a resident of district seven. Um, why do I vote for you? And more so, how do I get involved in helping your campaign? Well, I would say, um, vote for me because we need true progressive leadership in office. And if you believe in the values that our campaign has put out there, environmental justice, climate change, combating climate change begins at the local level, housing justice for all equitable uh, education and uh, integrating our school system, defunding the police and allocating $9 billion for new jails back into the community, uh, open safe streets, free buses and widened bus lanes. You know, if you believe in these values, then I'm the candidate <laughs> for you. <laughs> and the way to get involved is by going to our website, martyformanhattan.com and signing up to volunteer or for our newsletter or to contribute if you're financially able to. 
Marty, I can't, I, I can't wait to see you elected to council. I just, I wish it were like this election cycle. When's the actual election date for you? June 15th of 2021 is our primary. Okay. You know what? Time flies. It's fine. It'll be here soon enough. Uh, God, I, I wish it were right now, but um, I cannot wait to see you elected to council. I cannot wait for our continued friendship. And, and I just stand in awe of the incredible work you consistently do. Thank you so much for coming on today, my friend. Well, I'm so grateful for you and everything you do. And I love you so much. And I'm so uh, grateful to have been invited. All right. You have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, my love. All right, voter registration deadlines in New York State. Don't forget, you can look these up in any of your states and areas online. Just a quick Google search. But let's stick to New York State for now. It has to be postmarked by October 9th. Folks, you have three days, three days to be registered to be a voter. There is no excuse in 2020 to not be a registered voter when you have the power to change everything outside your door in a moment. It has to be received by October 14th. The last day to have a postmark request for an absentee ballot is October 27th. The last day to do it in person is November 2nd. Now, the last day to postmark that absentee ballot and send it in is November 2nd. The last day to drop it off in person, November 3rd, Election Day. But now we know that if we are feeling healthy and we are feeling safe, that the safest place to be will be our election centers that day and at the polls. So if we can show up the day of or even before during early voting and cast our vote, you know it's done, you know it's there, you know it's secure, and there is no way that the moron up in the Oval Office and his henchmen can play with your vote. Because wouldn't the most glorious thing in the world be to have a landslide the night of the election and have him start to be concerned suddenly about mail-in ballots and why he suddenly wants them? That would be genius. Let's make that happen. Now this week on Well Shit Happened, I have something a little off the cuff and just Basically asking you a simple question. We have watched in these last couple of weeks proof from his very own mouth that he knew that this was a extremely deadly virus that would kill a lot of people and that for poll numbers and for the stock market and for his own finances and his own reelection, he allowed 200,000 people to die and counting and counting. Uh, we have found out that he uh, and we know it's him because we know the way he talks. We have found out that he has called our troops suckers and losers, those that lost their lives in war, suckers and losers because they fought for something greater than themselves. Suckers and losers. What an asshole. And even more so now this past week, we watched the first debate where we watched the president of the United States not only act like an insane monster, but have to be chastised like a child by the moderator. I don't know what else it takes if you haven't yet gotten up and gotten involved in the election because in 2020, voting is simply not enough, folks. It's not enough. So I don't know what more it takes, but we're at the breaking point. And here, here's, here's where we are. Look, democracies are not lost by leaders taking control. Democracies are lost by the electorate, by the people themselves becoming exhausted and passive. Democracies are lost by people not getting involved and thinking somebody else will do it. Democracies are lost by people thinking it will never happen to them, and it does. I tell you this as a child of immigrants that came from a country where democracy was lost because everyone thought it could not happen to them. A man up in the mountains would never come down and take power. And guess what? I'm telling you, 
It happens. It happened and it will happen again. So in the immortal words of Rachel Maddow last week, in these next six weeks, well, now five actually, you're going to have to ask yourself what you're made of. And what you're made of is exactly what you're doing now in these last five weeks and what you're doing for the country, the country that you love. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, we're here every other week. So go get to work and we can't wait to have you back. Also, please consider making a donation to Fair Fight at www.fairfight.com. We know when they can't win fairly, they always try to cheat. And Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight are working hard to ensure that doesn't happen. Do You Hear the People Sing is the production of the Fabulous Invalid LLC and the Broadway Podcast Network. Today's episode was edited and engineered by Kyle Moore. Our theme music is by Brett Ryback. Our photography is by Michael Kushner. And our graphic design is by Aviva Sakala-Shahar. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.